Hi, I'm Emily Kersey. And I'm Peter Kersey. And this is United States of Agitation. A podcast dedicated to understanding current political affairs, exploring the deeper questions of how we got here, and finding ways to create a more inclusive nation. Our goal is to find hope amid the turmoil and help you affect change without losing your sanity. Every episode will highlight an individual or organization that inspires us with their work. We believe that we can and must do better. Welcome to the United States of Agitation. Today, I'm very, very excited to welcome our first guest on the podcast. And so today we are going to be talking about the 2020 census, which kicked off in April of this year, Um, and it's starting to wind down. So you may have seen um, or interacted with someone uh, along the lines of the census. So I'm talking today um, with a good friend of mine who is an enumerator uh, for non-responsive follow-up for the for the 2020 census. And if you don't know what those words mean, you're in luck because we are both going to find out um, what that means. So um, Anna, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you today. Thank you, Emily. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about what is your role? You're an enumerator. What does that mean? So as an enumerator, I'm a Census Bureau field employee, and I visit homes that are so far identified as a non-response, meaning the uh, mailer came out and they, we don't have a record of having received a response for that address. It could be something came in mail. Some addresses don't have mail delivered. Some addresses may not be occupied to check the mail. Some addresses may not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So my role as an enumerator is to go around and do either a non-response follow-up which we affectionately call a nerfu <laughs> or <laughs> a re-interview because about 10% of responses are sent for a re-interview to verify the data that was provided, either to check the quality of the work of other enumerators or reasons I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Usually maybe that it was kind of odd or was maybe could have been it wasn't completed correctly. But those are the two types of activities. Um, earlier in the process, they have somebody to go out and it's called field verification, where before the enumerators come in for the non-response follow-up, you may have a role with the census in which your field verification, where you're driving around areas within your zone to validate the address list to verify that, hey, this lot is still empty or this address does not exist or there's an entire new development that hasn't been included or captured in the list of addresses that we are trying to gather a population count on. Got it. Does that make sense? It does. And so your goal really is to sort of catch the incomplete data set, right? The the people who are sort of missing and have not been counted um, yet. So I, I think we probably should take a step back and talk about what is the, what is the 2020 census? What is the census? Can you tell us a little bit about what it is? Sure. Actually, you know, anybody can find out this information by going to www.census.gov. And you can actually see a a summary. I'm just going to read it briefly to you right now, the first paragraph to kind of give you a little bit of understanding. The U.S. Constitution requires only that the decennial census be a population count. And the first census, by the way, was in 1790. Wow. 
Right. So this is a process that's been going on for a really long time. And it's not something new. But because we haven't existed in the world since 1790, people don't, if you don't know this little bit of information, you may be unsure questioning what it's for. Mm -hmm. But it really is important to get an accurate population count. So every 10 years, the, the Census Bureau does a population count. And with that population count, it determines where federal funding dollars go into the community based on the need. Mm-hmm. And it's a really large sum of money now. Um, and it's important to know where people are. Mm-hmm. And so what, when we talk about the 2020 census, we're really talking about the population count part of, you know, sort of the overall work that the Census Bureau does, right? Yeah, the Census Bureau does other things besides the population count. Other than this decennial census population count, they capture other data. So sometimes you may be contacted by the Census Bureau other than this every 10 years contact. But really what most people are talking about right now is the population count Mm -hmm. and why it's important. And you talked about the federal money allocation, which is a a large sum of money and and making sure that those funds make it to the communities. Um, And in order to sort of figure out how to allocate that money, they have to know how many people are in which regions. But other thing that people should keep in mind about why the population count is so important is it actually determines the congressional representation, particularly the House of Representatives for the next 10 years. So yeah, it's both two really big things. <laughs> yeah, for 10 years. So, you know, if no one in California filled out the census, then the state of Wyoming, which has, you know, a very small population, would actually have more representation than the House of Representatives in California, which is why it's so important for each state to sort of stand up and be counted and, and why we have um, amazing people like you making sure that we, you know, we get full representation um, in our congressional bodies. So you go door to door, you talk to a lot of people, um, you talk to them about, you know, filling out this population count. What are some of the common misconceptions that you see? You know, I know that some people maybe haven't filled it out yet because um, maybe they didn't get the mailer or they, you know, didn't get some other sort of notification for various reasons. But what, you know, what are some of those concerns that you see that maybe we can do a little bit of myth busting? Uh, The confidentiality of the data is a big one. I could imagine people are concerned that they're giving a bunch of information and they don't know where that's going. Um, so what what can you share with those people that are concerned about where their data is going and who it gets shared with? Title 13, U.S. Code Section 9. The Census Bureau is not permitted to publicly release your responses in a way that could identify you or your household. So to read the specifics of that, you could, again, go out, Google it, like investigate it further to clarify. But really, the Census Bureau is bound by this title to not release any information. In addition, there was the Federal Cybersecurity Enhancement Act of 2015. So your data, it's all protected from cybersecurity risks through screening of the systems that transmit your data. Everything's encrypted and it's easy to be you know, skeptic or concerned, but the Census Bureau has to do its due diligence in, in order to protect this because there are laws and rules in place. By law as an individual, you're obligated to respond and 
by law, we have a right to collect this information. It's for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. People have concerns about doing so in today's climate. The federal government is going above and beyond to protect this data. Mm -hmm. Another one I would say is because we're clearing addresses, people who own more than one home don't realize that they have an obligation to provide a response to their additional homes. Mm -hmm. So if someone has like a vacation house that maybe the mail went to the vacation house, but because they're not there, you know, that would look like a house that it could have a family that hasn't filled out the census or you wouldn't know that it was not a primary residence, right? Yeah. Or landlords who have rental properties, those census response forms need to go to the resident who lives in that property. Mm -hmm. Tenants who don't own the property, who may not receive the original form, Mm -hmm. could be an example of why we need to go to that address. Mm -hmm. Could be a single family home that has been converted partially into a multi-housing unit where many people live. Mm -hmm. So there's two sides of the spectrum where you could have multiple properties where person is getting, you know, it's not just that everybody has vacation homes. It's the the other side of it as well. An owner may be the one receiving the the information on the house and respond or not respond, but we need to visit those homes that don't have responses because there may be nobody in there or there may be 10 people in there. So It's important to understand that even if you're not a homeowner, you need to respond because it's about the population, not the location. Gotcha. What about, you know, and this is true in California, right? We have a pretty large um, unhoused population. Do they factor into the census work at all or um, do they get counted? Do they not get counted? How does that work? The intention of the numerator's role is to count everybody. And that is the intention of the decennial population count. So absolutely, the intention is to capture all of the population, whether, you know, they're homeless, transient renters, owners, vacationers, immigrants. It is the intention of this decennial population count Mm -hmm. to count everybody. There are components of this assignment that enumerators work together as a group and go to um, soup kitchens. They were areas in which it's visibly identified as um, having a homeless population. Mm -hmm. And they go out as groups and work overnight. So they go out as groups to try to count the homeless people as well. Okay, one thing I wanted to mention that... uh, relates to the census that I I feel like can be misconstrued is the politicizing of the data collection. Mm -hmm. It is really a bipartisan activity. It is not related to what party you affiliate with. It's an independent activity to collect data to determine representation spots and funding for communities. There have been conversations in which it's being politicized Mm -hmm. for good or for bad, depending on what side of the conversation you're standing on. But I would just implore people to not allow this activity 
to be politicized. It's important for all Americans, all people across the United States, but it is not in any way associated with a party's activity. I think that's really good to mention. And I think that it's not as if, oh, if we hit this population number, we get this many Democratic seats in the House or this many Republican seats, right? It's really the opportunity for the populations to be equally represented um, as they are in the House per, you know, per a population grouping. And it's up to the individual voters to determine what party those representatives are from. And that's that's what the election is. And this is we're talking about the census today. So I think that's a really important distinction of it's a it's a fundamental principle of this country is to have representation, right? The, you hear the no taxation without representation. And this is really about making sure that we have the opportunity to be represented. Yes. And whether you can vote or not, or whether you have a need for participation in programs and funding, you know, dollars that to help, it's not whether your citizen status, it's not whether you're well-to-do or not well-off. It's about who is in the United States and where do we need both facets of the conversation to be where can they be counted mm-hmm. it really it's not linked to immigration it's not linked to party affiliation it's not associated to stature and standing in the world it's about where are you and being counted mm-hmm. to make a very simplistic analogy if we're throwing a party for our friends um obviously pre-covid Right. We need a head we need a head count to know how much food to order and how many chairs to have and all of those sorts of things. And this is really us helping sort of set the stage for the next ten years of how many seats do we need, how much resources do we need? Like how can we make sure that we have what is needed to take care of the people? Yes. This population count doesn't source data from anywhere else to count mm-hmm. as of April 1st. This is an independent activity that occurs every 10 years. That's why it's so important because you can say, oh, I'm registered to vote. Oh, I pay my taxes. Oh, I you know, get all my mail here. How do you not know this? And it really is a specific activity that started in 1790. Think about that for a second. This has been going, this act of a decent population count has been going on for 130 years. And it's a very specific defined activity. Originally, it was to calculate representation. And now it is also used to calculate where those federal dollars go. Mm-hmm. So really important. And it's really important as a standalone activity to participate. It's funny, you are required by law to respond to the 2020 census. Some people don't realize that. But of course, as an enumerator, I'm not going to arrest somebody if they don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the authority. But when people say, I don't have to give you this information, you actually do. You have an obligation, but you won't, you know, we're not the police. But in the same way you are required by law to respond, the Census Bureau is required by law to provide you the right to confidentiality and the right to data protection. Mm -hmm. You don't have to answer every question being asked in the population count. Individuals have the option to still say, don't know or refuse to certain questions being asked Mm -hmm. as a part of the population, Uh, but you can still be counted. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, 
another component of the concern about confidentiality is you don't have to say everything to still be counted. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, a really important distinction, because I think that even though it would lead to sort of a, you know, a somewhat incomplete data set, you know, to know how many people yeah. versus, you know, a particular sort of question. And I know that we've already filled ours out, did ours online. I have a question for you along mm-hmm. that. As a an enumerator, I have a list of questions that I'm collecting, but what I've experienced from working in the field and talking to people is that there were many questions in the online questionnaire. How many did you see? Like, what what did you experience when you sat down to complete your census questionnaire for April 1st, 2020? Did you feel it was took a long time? Was it overwhelming with the level of data that they were trying to collect? Or, or did it feel straightforward and easily gathered? To be 100% honest, um, my husband filled it out while I believe I was in the office. So he filled out most of the data. Um, so I haven't gone through and checked all the boxes myself because yeah. he filled it out for our household. But having sort of been here, I want to say it took less than 10 minutes, if it even took five. I feel like I've filled out sort of post-purchase Banana Republic surveys that took longer, <laughs> you know, right. like, well, how did you feel about these <laughs> pant sizes? Um, so it felt really, you know, it was really easy. to. We, we did ours online, as I mentioned. It felt super easy to use. I mean, the questions felt really basic. It wasn't like I had to go through and dig through my files to be able to answer any of them. I mean, it was really bull stuff. I think there was a couple things that he sort of had me double check, but I would be, I would be shocked if it took more than 10 minutes, um, I think probably closer to five. So it it felt pretty painless, you know, and at the time I didn't actually know, and this is really, <laughs> this is something that I've learned through this process of, you know, I knew that it was tied to population. Um, I knew it was tied to sort of the federal funding, but I didn't really think about, oh yeah, population determines House of Representatives. Representation. You know? And that yeah. is really important to me, which is part of why we have this podcast. So I'm I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad that we got it in early. And I was really excited to hear that there is the field team that you work on to make sure that as many people are counted as possible. I can understand why it's such a big project now of the landscape is constantly shifting and to do a reassessment of, you know, I've always wondered where the population number on like the green city signs comes from, you know, and and now to think about, oh, yeah, that's an intentional counting that isn't just, mm-hmm. oh, we looked at tax returns or we just, you know, we inferred data, you know, it, it actually that that population count is it's tied to whether you submit your response or not mm-hmm. and are being counted where you live. Absolutely. Yeah. So that actually makes me think of something, you know, I've talked about doing it online. You've been able to help people fill it out in person. What are the ways that people can can get this done? Well, there's three different response opportunities that I'm aware of. There's a website. There's also a phone number that you can call. And then there was the original application. Okay. So the phone number for the census is? 844-330-330. 2020. Okay. And the website is my2020census.gov. For all of you listening, anything that we've mentioned, any of the URLs we've mentioned on the show, um, including the phone number to the census, we'll include that in the show notes for this episode. And you can find those at megamouthradio.com slash United States. So we'll be sure to put up all those links as well. So we've talked about the ways that people can fill it out so they can go online um, they can do it over the phone. Um, they can have a lovely person such as yourself knock on their door, but we, we don't want you to wait for that. We really want you to get your um, get your count in. 
Um, so what is the deadline? I know that there was talk that the deadline was going to be September 30th of 2020, but I believe there was recently an uh, extension. So can you tell us about when do people need to get this in by? Well, you have three days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the the census questionnaire went out, I believe, in January, and it was asking people to say, Will, where will you be on April 1st? The population count date is April 1st, 2020. They, the process typically spans nine months collection of data and then is delivered to Congress in December. As you all know, as your listeners and yourself know, we are experiencing a global pandemic, right. which required a shelter in place, which held up the role of um, the enumerator to follow up mm -hmm. because not only could we not go out, we weren't sure of safety and everything was on pause for a period of time, but the deadline was September 30th and still is September 30th. Okay. There are court cases existing to extend a request and extension. Recently, I think I want to say that 24th or 25th of this month, a judge stated that this is the importance of the activity. The Census Bureau was extended a 30-day, given a 30-day extension. However, the court cases can always result in further appeals. So it is not yet clearly defined that the Census Bureau will have more time beyond September 30th. Okay. So we have a couple of days to get your information in if you haven't filled it out yet. Um, please go to 2020census.gov for more information. And if you see people in the field, answer the door. <laughs> As enumerators, we are working diligently. And I think it's all hands on deck. The collection data for, for the population count for April 1st, 2020 is not complete. And we're all working tirelessly to get the information because it is so important. So open your door. We're wearing masks. We're protecting our, we're, we got hand sanitizer. There's no interaction. We can stand six feet away. We're all doing our best to be safe and still do the collection of data to get accurate information in order to get the necessary designation for all people in the United States across the country. Yeah. And, and I just want to extend my thanks to you and all of the enumerators who have worked so hard. I know you have to help get this data sort of and not let the coronavirus pandemic derail and sort of inappropriately reshape our population numbers for the next 10 years. It doesn't happen very often. And so we really need to make sure that we show up and we do it um, as you mentioned, we do actually have a legal obligation to doing it. So one more time, 2020census.gov. It's quick and easy. It's really not painful. The spelling on that, 2020CENSUS.gov. And also, if you do have an enumerator come to your door, I would just ask, and I ask this of all people in all human interactions, but be kind. Be kind, be nice. These people are working tirelessly to help give us the data that we need to have appropriate representation in Congress, which is so incredibly important, and also to make sure that our communities get the access to the most of sort of those federal dollars as possible for community programs that many of us um, use in, in sort of making sure that that funding makes it into our communities by standing up and being counted. So 
Anna, thank you so much for being an enumerator. Thank you so much for walking us through this today. Thank you for all that you do for our communities and our democracy and for the Census Bureau. So it's really been a pleasure and I really appreciate all this information because I know that I, I certainly didn't know it. Um, and I'm definitely old enough to have been through more than one census. <laughs> <laughs> right. I actually worked the census 10 years ago and I intend to work, God willing, as my mom would say, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. I will do it again in 10 years if I'm able. And every every decade thereafter, because I think it's important and it's good work. And we should all do something to be engaged. So I love it. This is my small contribution. But thank you for having me. Yes. I hope I was helpful. Very much. Um, and again, if you need links to those, you guys can all visit megamouthradio.com slash United States for more information um, on some of the links that we talked about today. Um, we'll be sure to include that history link as well as the link where you can complete your census. Um, please do it by September 30th, just in case uh, the extensions don't hold. So it's really just we've got a couple days left so please please get your stand up and be counted well i know you've got some enumerator duties to take care of um so we will (laughs) not delay you any further but uh thanks again for stopping by and uh for all the great work that you do you really are um, a hero of democracy (laughs) i'm gonna get a patch made yeah i feel like you should get a, a, a special like census enumerator cape that says hero of democracy uh, well, capes are a little awkward. I'm just going to put a patch on my okay. jacket, you know? <laughs> yep. I like it. Um, Thanks, Emily. Yep. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you for listening. For show notes and links to any organizations or resources we mentioned on the show, visit megamouthradio.com slash United States. Want to share your thoughts on the episode? Follow us online at megamouthradio. Until you join us next time, we hope you keep finding ways to create a future that really does provide liberty and justice for all.